Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, March the 2nd, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, perquisite, which is a privilege, a gain, or profit. Perquisite. Well, it appears old J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals for a two-year, $31 million deal. He'll be joining another defensive giant in Chandler Jones, who has the most sacks since 2012. He has 97, and Watt has 95 and a half. Things may be looking up for the Cardinals, Cardinals, defensively anyway. I don't know about the offense. They seem to struggle and have struggled for a while. Even though they have one of the premier, if not the top, one of the premier top wide receivers in the game, in Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know, maybe they could figure out how to put it together. I mean, defensively, Physically, they're looking like they may do a little damage. And in other sporting news, oh boy, Deshaun Watson has requested, as you all know, requested to be traded by the uh, Texans, but the Texans front office came out and said, no way, Jose, not going to happen. I think he's still requesting to be traded. He's not happy for whatever reason that that it is. But I, I kind of figured <laughs> that that trade wasn't going to happen. I mean, irregardless of what you think of his play, he, I think he's one of the, the one of the good quarterbacks in the NFL, especially the younger ones. He's learning and he's growing. Give him a shot. Hey, can't all be perfect coming out the gate. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how the Texans uh, prevail or not. And James Harden posted another triple-double since joining the Brooklyn Nets last night. In an overtime win over the San Antonio Spurs, he has 30 points, or had 30 points, 15 assists, and 14 rebounds. Now, tomorrow night, they're supposed to be playing his old team, the... uh, Houston Rockets. Now, of course, you know, he, he's he's not worried about that. I mean, he hey, he's on a new team. And Kyrie Irving says there's no bad blood on his end either. Very professional. I think I'll be checking that game out. I know I will. <clears throat> now, uh, 279 Nigerian schoolgirls are freed after being kidnapped by gunmen. Well, that's what they're calling them. They're calling them gunmen. Now, on Friday morning, in the wee hours of the morning, these gunmen came into the school and took 317 students from an all-girls boarding school in Nigeria. Sometime this morning, they freed 279. 
Now, they're, I may have mis- misquoted. Apparently, they kidnapped 317 and they only returned 279. Now, in terms of their release aren't known. Unclear also is the condition of the others. There's 38 still unaccounted for. And the discrepancy in numbers hasn't been explained. Now, one schoolgirl gave a statement, explained that they were asleep, of course, but were awoken by gunfire repeatedly, told to run, and the shooting was coming from thieves. So they've gone from gunmen to thieves now. But sadly, she and another girl, I guess they couldn't run fast enough, and the thieves found them and placed guns to their heads and proceeded with the kidnapping. It's a uh, continuous problem. I mean, we all remember the story of of the girls years ago that were were, were kidnapped. Uh, they, they, they were quite a large group also, and, and eventually they w- were returned. Now, also, in Saturday in Nigeria, in another part of Nigeria, 27 students, five staff members, and nine family members of the staff were freed after being held for a week. I mean, <laughs> it's a continuous problem, to say the least. Officials say that the abductors or thieves or gunmen, or as they describe them as bandits, they do this, so they say, for ransom. And of course, you know, like most governments, they don't they don't negotiate with ransom. You know, they don't negoti- negotiate with, let's call them what they are, terrorists, because most of them are backed or a part of a Islamic group. That's been proven. Now, so what do they do when they take, take these kids? Well, sometimes they make them join the ranks of the uh, Islamic terrorist organizations. That's, 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 that's just what they are. They're terrorists. They aren't gunmen. They aren't thieves. They're terrorists. And hell, they'll tell you that. Or, sadly, they're sold into slavery or another form of slavery, sex slaves. Cruel and harsh as that sounds, that's just what happens in this part of the world. And, and you know, here in America, I, I, I didn't know that the Eastern Seaboard pretty much is a, a sex slave trafficking hub. It's called a hub. But back to this, you know, I guess they're not trying to, uh, let's say, not try to uh, anger those that are, are kidnappers by calling them thieves, gunmen, but they're terrorists. And to think that you know, I can imagine in that part of the country, on that continent of Africa, in that country of Nigeria, it has to be extremely hard for you to get the mindset 
even the funds to send your child to a boarding school to hopefully better themselves and to have that in your mind and now to know that at any given moment a group that doesn't agree with with what's that that form of government or what have you that wishes truthfully to overthrow that gov- government could take your child at any given moment and there's nothing you can really do about it. It has to be hard. That's a harsh reality. Uh, I mean, prayers. And and it, it has to be offered. You have to keep them in, in, in your prayers. Like I said, I really, <clears throat> I knew that it, it was a way of life, if I can say that over there. But, to hear about it continuously happening or to not hear about it because it doesn't affect you or I or doesn't affect our government's interest, even though the United States government came out and, and denounced what happened. Like I said, this is a continuous thing. This happens way too often. I mean, like I said, uh, they, they went into an all boys school and did the exact same thing a week prior. And they were were released on Saturday. I mean, I've never quite understood people's logic and just being disruptive and violent to prove a point that senseless makes no sense to me. But I guess it does to them. So I, I just say everyone pray. I'll be praying. Pray, 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 pray for that part of the world, because in my opinion, that's just nonsense. It really is. Now, I, I know everyone has heard of. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to chuckle, but yeah, I do. I know everyone has heard of a, a RICO charge or RICO statute. You know, racketeer, racketeering charges is defined as the act of acquiring a business through illegal activity, operating a business with illegally derived income, or using a business to commit illegal acts. Now, RICO is is short for Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, which was introduced in 1970 that was used to uh, combat the overwhelming criminal enterprise of the mafia. I know we all seen those uh, gangster movies, Scarface, Goodfellows, Godfathers, you know, that's that. We've all heard of Rico. Rico is what they use to uh, really and truthfully incarcerate a lot of uh, a lot of members of the mafia that chances are they they wouldn't serve any time because of hey they couldn't pin anything on them that silence so that the government came up with the RICO Act and you remember the old you know before they even came up with the RICO Act which was uh, <laughs> I always found kind of ironic here you're saying that yeah they're running an illegal enterprise. Before that, they, they would get them on uh, tax evasion. They would tax their 
illegal ill-gotten gains. And I, I would often say to myself, well, how can you get them on tax evasion? They aren't working. But apparently you're supposed to pay taxes, I guess, on any amount of income you get, whether it's legal or illegal. Now, let's move ahead. Now this RICO Act is being used for by the U.S. government, along with local district attorney, attorney offices across the country to combat the gang problem. How surprising. How many of you knew that? I first heard about it about two or three years ago, ago sitting in the car with my wife, reading the newspaper. I guess I'm an old man. I, I am. I, I like to read the newspaper. Reading the newspaper when they first uh, announced it, that that was what they were, they were going towards. Apparently the gang members or, or gangs are producing a little income. And it's also used as, as they say, stop the violence. Well, good luck with that. I mean, good game plan, but is that really your, your, your reasoning? I won't get into that. I'll just move along. Now, the minimum sentence is 10 years if they get you on this uh, RICO Act, or you could get a maximum of life. Now, that's what's happening with one particular case here in Durham, North Carolina. Now, we all remember, if you're from this area, we all remember, I don't, I don't know if it made national news, but if you're from this area, we can remember the case, uh, I believe it was two or maybe three years ago, of a nine-year-old child. A nine-year-old child that was shot in the head while he was on his way to get some snow cones with his aunt cousin and friends in a vehicle. Apparently the vehicle was mistaken for another vehicle of the same model and color. Make model and color have the same, same characteristics. It was a gang dispute. Somehow another one, a, a, a gang member had got jumped or, or what have you. And they mistook, mis, mistakenly shot at that vehicle thinking it was rival gang members and end up killing this nine-year-old child. How disheartening is that? To get that call that your child has been killed in a gang dispute, you later find out. You're not a gang member. You're not associated with any gang members. You just sent your child to... Well, he stayed in another town. I believe he stayed in Cary. He was here visiting. Sent your child to your, your sister's house. And later on, they, I guess after what have you, they decided to go out for, for some snow cones. And the vehicle ends up getting shot up by gang members. <laughs> wow. Now, if you're asking yourself, well, how did they... uh? Narrow it down. Apparently, there's three young males that are, are being char charged. I don't think they still haven't nailed down who actually did the shooting, but it's three gang members that they're saying is responsible for this heinous act. So, if you're asking, well, how did they find out it was them? 
apparently, truthfully, through the internet. Through the internet, and more specifically, one one way they found out was through Instagram, social media posts, and messages. You know, once again, I got to ask, what is this thrill of posting every aspect of your life on social media? Because that's what happened. Of course, you know, they subpoenaed his, his phone records and they went through and they found that he was pretty much talking about the shooting via instant, mes- instant messenger. And also, I guess he had made some Instagram posts also. Wow. You're out living this lifestyle. You know it's illegal. And you're making social media posts about it. Where's your, what brain cells do you have that will say to you, hey, brag about it, boast about it, communicate with other gang members about it? Did you think you just could delete it? Nope. As we all know, once it's out there in the internet, it's out there floating around forever and ever and ever. It can always be retrieved. I don't care how many times you delete it. I don't care what app tells you that you can you can delete it and, and you can store it and no one will have access to it. But you, no, no, no. Once it's out there in the lovely world of the internet, it's there permanently. So apparently this was happening with this guy. They also subpoenaed one of them sell records or two of them or however many it was and they found out that they were in that area at the time of the shooting surprise 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 technology wins again and as if all of that you know the Instagram, the social media the, your phone records, the GPS on you, I believe they even said the GPS he had that, that one of them had on the phone pinged close to that area, if not right at that area. And if and, and, and if that wasn't enough, I mean, how many times do you have to shoot yourself in the foot before you say, ouch, that hurts? <laughs> Once again, I don't mean to chuckle. It's not funny, but it, it's not even amusing. It, it, this chuckle that I'm giving is, is really a, in disgust. Apparently, one of them had an ankle bracelet on. Now, an ankle bracelet is what they give a lot of criminal offenders as a condition of probation or parole where you can be monitored and they can find where you're at if you don't make your appointments or you're not in the house by a certain time. It has GPS on it also. And surprise, surprise, one of them that was involved in this had on an ankle bracelet or anchor monitoring system. Duh, 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 duh. You can't be that far gone. You can't be that involved in your own personal life. You can't be that involved in your gang. Perhaps you need to stop smoking so much. I often heard that there's something special in the marijuana now. Maybe that's the cause of this just, I have to say, it's, it. 
you, you, you can't be thinking straight. You already know that you're, you're, you're being watched. Let's not say monitored. You're being watched because you've committed a crime somewhere else that they allowed you to come out and walk around as long as you have a monitor on and stay out of trouble. You already know you're under the microscope. And I don't want to say you go and do something like this or you go and, and associate yourself to the point that you can be implicated through this. Now, one of them said that, uh, that, that the case, it wasn't him, that the case is, is, is unsubstantiated. His lawyers always are also saying it because they're saying that one of the informants is lying just to save themselves from whatever charges they have. Duh. Duh, 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 duh. Hello. <laughs> There's your wake up call. Now he's coming out and saying, ah, oh, the gang life wasn't for me. I thought it was at one point in time. I got into it when I went to jail and, and it doesn't do anything for me or doesn't do anything for anybody. Yeah, you know you're facing that minimum of, minimum of 10 or maybe life. And I do believe they're saying that some aspect of the charges that, that even carries the death penalty, even though I think North Carolina has a moratorium on death on the death penalty. But if you don't want to get convicted and, and have your sentence be the death penalty, and when North Carolina goes back to the death penalty, there you are sitting on death row. So now this young man has come out and said he's denounced it all. It's a little too late. It's way too late. I mean, I don't want to say that you, you had all these opportunities, but I've always understood, like I said, with that ankle bracelet or anchor monitoring system or whatever it's called, that's pretty much your pass. Even if, even if it's for that moment to show that you can do right and you ended up involved in a shooting that killed a nine-year-old child, shot the child in the head, nine years old, minding his own business. Whatever he was thinking about, probably at the top of his list was those snow cones on a summer night visiting family members and friends. Nine years old, his life was cut just like that. Because of foolishness. Because of whatever little beef or tiff you had with someone else, you mistakenly shot up a random car because it looked like had the same color, same make and model of someone else you were feuding with. Really. But, yeah, it's really, it's truthfully what happens. And what has happened? I get the idea or the premise, or I, I understand the, the that the mindset of when some people say, "Hey, I um, you don't you don't know my life, you don't not know how I grew up." But everyone has a hard go at it. 
I have a hard go at it at 47 years of age. I'm still having a hard go at it. But that doesn't give you an excuse or right or privilege to go out into the world and to society with no regard, balls to the wall, do what you want to do. When you get in a feud with somebody, you start shooting. Like I said, I get it. I know everybody, everyone has a hard go at it, but uh, for you to do that and, and to recklessly just shoot at that vehicle and kill that child and now say the informant is lying on you to avoid his, his or her own prosecution and say that the case should be thrown out or you and your lawyer lawyers say the case should be thrown out because the informer informant is lying ah, no I, 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 I just think that you probably chances are had more than one opportunity or all of you guys probably had more than one opportunity to get right get yourselves together to sit down and have that self-reflecting internal survey of yourself. But you didn't. You didn't. You continued on. We'll see how that goes. I mean, uh, uh, like I said, I, I still think about that because I can remember it like it was uh, yesterday and I'm not trying to put a pun on it. I really can't. I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was a few miles actually from where I live. And what's crazy is a similar incident had happened two years prior to that with uh, another incident where a child was shot in a moving vehicle just living, leaving a swimming pool. Mistaken. Well, some say it was, was mistaken. Some say it was intentional. This is happening far and few between. This is happening way too often that our youths, our kids, our babies are being gunned down, killed by other youths or young men. When does it stop? Who knows? Who knows? I, I clearly don't understand the rationale. I've never been in that street life. I have to admit, I, I, it, it just didn't appeal to me. At an early age, I, I said, uh, no, nah, that's not for me. And I grew up at the height, at the height of the crack epidemic. Sounds small now, but I grew up, I, I remember a time, I can remember when I first experienced it or, or saw that, that, uh, that aspect of, of the world changing. You know, there's a scene from this movie called New Jack City where uh, the two drug dealing brothers, uh, uh, Nino Brown and G., we're talking and, and, and I believe it's G introduces Nino to crack. He shows him the crack valve and he tells, he runs the gamut of how it affects people, how it affects the women, how it affects the dudes, how they're back less than five minutes after getting their hit for some more. And he says, one of the lines he said that really stuck with me and resonated is 
this shit here is going to change the world. And it did. It's like I woke up one morning and the world had did a complete and utter 360 in the opposite direction. And it was moving. Like I said, I've never been a part of that, that street life. I don't bash anyone from for it. All I can offer you is prayer. And if I can give you some words of encouragement from time to time, I will. Because like I said, at 47, one thing I've learned and one thing that I know for a fact is nothing, nothing good comes out of street life or gang life or the drug life or what have you. I've never met one prosperous drug dealer, never met one prosperous gang member. And when I say prosperous, I mean one that has a life free of stress, drama, chaos, calamity. They're not free from it, no matter how much money or clout they they get or think that they have. It always just ends in disaster. Either they're dead or in prison. And in this case, from a minimum of 10 to life. With the possibility of no parole. That means you'll never see the light of day again in your life. Unless you're behind a maximum security prison system where it's fences and they're draped with barbed wire and some guy or guys or or women standing in a tower with a, a long gun waiting for you to make one false move. I've never met anyone prosperous in that lifestyle. I just haven't. Maybe there are some, some, somewhere. Stranger things have happened. Maybe there are. I seriously doubt it. I, I, I really do. Like I said, I've never been a part of that lifestyle. Never wanted to. Never was allured to it. It just didn't sit right with me. Maybe I'm the cornball. Hmm. Think not. I really don't. Well, Governor Cooper stated last week that Senate Bill 37 needs more work. He vetoed it. Gee, you don't say, Governor. Hmm. Okay. Well, what was the problem? Apparently, according to him, doesn't meet or it needs to comply more with North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services guidelines. And it also removed authority to place kids back in remote learning in the event of another COVID outbreak. Now, as it it stands now with the bill or or what they're proposing is children in, in kindergarten through fifth grades go two days, one day off for cleaning and sanitizing and two days on again. And of course, you have your social distancing, your face masks, your hand sanitizers. Uh, I guess you try to split them up in small groups. Well, if you have, you know, one set going two days and then the other set goes another, the last two days, that could work. But for sixth graders through 12th, apparently they all, they want them to return 
for five days, regular school session. Those are the ones that they say most need it, and they do need it. I mean, the there's there's a, a I want to say not a midterm, but halfway through the school year, every year they give a little test to see the gauge where they're at, and those numbers are low. I mean, with the high schoolers, is is the numbers are outstandingly low. So from sixth to twelfth grade, they want them to go back, all of them, with no remote learning, five days a week. How do you social distance? You got all those kids. Average class size is is right at thirty. Some classes may be bigger. I, I think they reduce some of them, maybe twenty five to thirty or twenty. You know. Whatever the case, that's a lot of kids to have in a classroom. <laughs> that is a lot of kids to have in a classroom during this. So when do they clean? Maybe the weekend, I guess. Maybe they clean on the weekend. Now, the North Carolina Senate held a session to override the veto. However, it didn't prevail. It fell 29 to 20. It was one vote short of the three-fifths majority needed last night to pass. I think what, what, what is happening is people are realizing, and he, you know, Governor Cooper also opened, I guess you could say opened the state back up. He lifted some restrictions, you know, restaurants and bars, those bars that really are struggling, that need that help, they're now being allowed to stay open to 11 or 12, I believe, and restaurants, He's along with the bars, he's also increasing the indoor capacity. He did that also last Friday, but at the same time, he, he vetoed this bill. And truthfully, I can understand where he's coming from. We don't want to see those numbers go back up. But I got a question also, you know, spring break for whoever the college kids is coming up in another week or so. We all remember last year's spring break, right? When COVID was ramping up, how everyone flocked to the beaches, how the beaches in Florida looked like it was just business as usual. They weren't thinking about COVID and some of the beaches, you know, here in, uh, well, close to South Carolina, some of the beaches in the northern part, eastern part of the country, uh, the beaches in New Jersey or, or what have you, they were, they were overran, you know, spring break and Memorial Day, which is in May. I, can, I, I do understand those numbers don't need to go back up. Everybody does, does not need to run to the beaches just because they said that, that the state is opening back up or it's spring break and the COVID numbers are down. No, you really don't need to do that because you don't want those numbers to come back up. So I, I understand that. However, the GOP released a statement in part saying the Democrats let our kids and families down and showed a profile of cowardness in the face of pressure from Governor Cooper and the teachers union bosses. Yeah. Okay, maybe to an extent, 
and and like I said, I, I understand full well these kids do need to be back in school. I have an eight-year-old that needs to be back in school. I have two 15-year-old twins that need to be back in school. But I want to send them back as safely as I possibly can. I don't see how you sending 6th through 12th graders back full-time five days a week. I, 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 I can't see that. I mean, I can barely see it with the, the kindergartners through fifth grade. I cringe at, at that thought also, but it has to be done. But I think everything needs to be done safely. And not concerned so much about test scores or, or getting federal funding. So what if you don't get it? So what if those test scores aren't that great? Everybody's already going to be on a developmental delay. We've been out a year and, and now we're going into some a year and some change. I don't think you sending them back now is somehow going to ramp up those test scores. I mean, truth be told, I think personally, it's, 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 many parents don't want to hear this, but it's time that you face the facts and face the music that chances are your child is going to have to repeat a grade or go to summer school. They're also mandating possibly that kids uh, go to summer school. So how are we going to do that? Put them all in summer school? There go your COVID numbers back up again. Vaccine or no vaccine, Johnson & Johnson one dose vaccination, which has, has uh, which yesterday I believe they shipped out their first shipment. One dose, they're saying that it, it, it could be taken in one dose as opposed to two with the other, uh, Moderna and Pfizer is just one dose for Johnson and Johnson, and that is supposed to fight COVID and also fight the other variants of COVID, the Brazilian strand, the South African strand, the British strand. Apparently, this Johnson Johnson is supposed to be so miraculously wonderful that it it fights it, beats it down. Okay, kudos, happy for you, but. And still, I ask, how was sending these kids back now without following simple guidelines that has that we know needs to be followed? And as like I said before, I, I personally don't care about your numbers. I just don't. That's just me. Because those numbers are lives, and, and I, for one, am not willing to... to stand behind or support the game or, uh, or the mindset or the business model of playing with numbers. Now, I can't sign on with that. I really and truthfully think we need to do this thing cautiously as possible. We don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot multiple times. And I think that's just what's going to happen if we send these kids back, especially the high schoolers and middle schoolers like this. Five days, five days with minimum or no social distancing, the, the sizes of the classrooms. I can remember when I would go and, and go to my oldest 
son's school and, and I would be just monitoring or sometimes volunteering and I would take account of the kids in the room or the heads in the room and I can count anywhere from 22 to 25, sometimes 27 kids in a room and how close those desks were. So if you send those high schoolers back like that, there ain't no social distancing. You can't spread those desks but so far in, in that particular type of classroom setting. I'm sorry. And you want to keep them in there five days a week? That ain't going to happen, Captain. Well, it, could, it may happen, but it ain't going to be a, a good outcome. It's just not. There's no way in the world you can tell me you can do that and, and keep those numbers down or eradicate COVID, which, like I said, also, they're saying that we're going to have to take that COVID vaccine like we take the flu vaccine. So it's here and it's here to stay. It's gotten stronger, apparently. But um, I don't see, like I said, how sending them back like that is going to help the situation or help the matter. I just don't. Maybe it's a naivete on my part. What do I know? Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Once again, Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response message. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. I won't bite. Not physically anyway, verbally I mean. You can also make a monetary contribution. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And also I'm on Verbal and I would like to announce that I'm also going to be uh, creating a website through WordPress. You can also check me out on WordPress now. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to change some of the, uh, some of the, you know, the features, the back, you know, trying to make it look pretty, but it's up. I just got to put my own little spin on it. So, hey, go over to WordPress, verbal, like I said, check me out. And as always, this is Stephen Carnegie. For this is just a thought. Amen.